Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you today. Dr. Paul, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Good. Thank you. Good. Ready and raring to go. That's right. As usual. Good work to do. <laughs> so let's see what we can find in the issue of telling the truth. Yes. Challenge those people because, you know, when you have an empire of lies, guess what they say that people who are telling the truth, they're traitors. Yep. There's a little bit of that that we're going to talk about right now. They don't think they use the traitor, but uh, they're implying that you're a bad person. We're going to be talking about a Texas school, professor at Texas school, Baylor. Baylor professor calls for prosecution of criticism, just criticism, of Fauci and other scientists as hate crimes. You know, some people have argued that uh, this uh, this uh, Fauci stuff is like a cult, and yeah. some people even say that wokeism is like a religion. Yeah. And and now it's become they uh, they need to separate their church and state too. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, uh, this has been proposal was called to attention to us by uh, Jonathan Turley, yes, and it makes some very good points here, but. Uh, he, he, uh, he, of course, uh, totally was outraged, as, as we are, to think about this, because first it endorses the principle of hate crimes, which I never did, and neither did his, and yeah. totally made sure that we understood his position, yeah. because uh, it makes it, puts it in the category of subjectivity. It has nothing to do with objectivity, and matter of fact, it does the opposite. It usually causes more resentment. You, they think they're going to protect certain groups and, and, uh, and, and labor them and punishments will be different so it, it makes no sense uh, for that and but you know they uh, they want to punish people who speak poorly uh, what if we'll be on that list uh, and speak poorly of Fauci but um, I, what amazed me was they expanded this you know if you if you commit your crime by saying something they don't want you to say it's illegal to say it that's one thing but if you're if you if you're tempted to say something like that, and you and you back off and you say, well, uh, I'm I'm just sort of holding holding my lip. I'm not going to say anything and say and and hold back on saying it. And they said that uh, that could be just as bad. You have a you have an obligation not only to not say the things they don't want you to say, but not to say uh, anything at all yeah. unless you follow what their rules are. That is a bit of control of speech. That's 1984, pretty seriously. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, and he's pretty crazy. Uh, but this came from a paper, and thanks to Jonathan Turley for for pointing this out. And we do have Turley's piece up on ronpaulinstitute.org today for people to read for themselves. Uh, I didn't use a, a picture of Professor Peter Hotez. In fact, I put a picture of Stalin up because it sounds more <laughs> like something Stalin would do. But it was a paper he published in July 28th, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, just a week or so ago, called Mounting Anti-Science Aggression in the United States. And this is what's pretty chilling. He wants Congress to go after not just people like you and I, but people who are actually in Congress. He wants them to go after quote, a band of ultra-conservative members of the U.S. Congress and other public officials with far-right leanings who are waging and seemingly well-coordinated coordinated attacks against prominent U.S. biological sciences, i.e. Fauci. As you said, it's not enough to support these people's science, but you must criminalize attacks or criticism on their research. Isn't this amazing? He's criminalizing uh, hate speech, which means uh, criticizing somebody 
becomes a vicious crime and they're going to go after you. So they, they make the one mistake there and then they decide, well, it's only Republicans that have ever had hate speech. And, and they say, we have to go after the far right. They're the ones who are committing all the sins. So we have to clean up, clean up this act. You talk about subjectivity and a rule of law. And uh, no, no matter who ends up being, suffering the most from this, uh, they would never expect that this is the worst type of discrimination you can have because you've, you've eliminated the rule of law, you know, and, uh, and, and picking on, on groups and, and who, who, who deserves protection against hate speech, you know, and what is hate speech? Yeah. That whole thing is, is so much nonsense, and yet uh, people, people go along with it. Well, we don't, don't want people saying bad things, and I keep thinking, Kids have figured that out a long time ago, you know, about sticks and stones, yeah. you know. I can remember that so clearly when you didn't want to get into a fight. Sticks and stones, oh, my names aren't going to hurt me, go away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, and, and, and sometimes it's not even that. It isn't that bad words we're using and sharp criticism. Sometimes you're just telling the truth. Yeah. You, yeah. you know, all we want is a discussion. A real, honest, open discussion on the science of this. Instead of saying, if you take this position that you say science is this, you've committed hate crimes. But you're making a, you're making a scientific decision. Then you're making another decision on who's committing a crime, and uh, it's an authoritarian approach to manipulating people and controlling society. Well, you know, the science was settled when they decided it's a great idea to put a drill through someone's head and give them a frontal lobotomy because they had some problems, you know. That science was settled. So anyone challenging that should have gone to the slammer as well. Let's put up the first picture because here's a little uh, clip of Hotez. Uh, very, uh, and, and rumor is that Abbott was listening to him last year when Abbott did the shutdowns, and that says everything you need to know about that. But go to the next one because here's a quote that, uh, that Charlie included in his article, and kind of shamefully he... He cites uh, Elie Weissel, the Holocaust survivor, kind of bring the context in that somehow you're kind of a Holocaust denier or something if you disagree with him. But here's what the professor says. We must take steps to protect our scientists and take swift and positive action to counter the growing wave of far-right <laughs> anti-science aggression. Cook is horrible. It, the other thing that got my attention was a totally point is how is how they how they can change things. Hate hate crime was one time just asking questions. I wonder how this virus got started. Is there any chance that we participated? Is there any chance that the corruption in our foreign policy and foreign aid has may, maybe contributed to this? Just asking that question was a hate crime, yeah. you know. And then, but uh, I don't know what happened. The, the, uh, Biden got wisdom. He says, maybe it's true. Yeah. Boom! No more hate crimes. You can do you can do that now and have a discussion. And who is it? Facebook reversed their position yeah, on this. Yeah. I mean, such arbitrariness, and that's that's why uh, law should be a little bit more precise than this. But I I would say, how does it happen? Is we have 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 a bad apple here and there? No, I would say that we have many bad schools there, colleges as well as our law schools. Well, you know, in a sane society, someone like him would be run out of town on a rail. He wouldn't have a position of power like he did. But you're right on Facebook, and that's a great example. And totally, I'm glad he points it out. That up until the point where it became obvious that there's a possibility that the virus leaked out of a lab, and we don't know the answer to that, but there's a possibility. Up until that point, if you mentioned it on Facebook, you were, you were kicked off. You were silenced. You were done. You were over. Then all of a sudden, when Fauci admitted, well, that's a possibility, when Biden said, oh, that's a possibility, 
then at that point, the science changed. But what people like Hotez are saying is that the science never changes, and we are the science. So you better not criticize us, even if it changes. And it is, it's laughable, but it's that authoritarian tendency, I think, that really should reaffirm to us that so-called public health professionals should never be involved in politics in planning societies because they have authoritarian tendencies. And then they drift into power corruption and they want the authority to determine what is right and what is wrong and what is the truth. And it becomes very necessary, it becomes a political necessity uh, when you're running an empire because you, you can't be challenged at all. It, it, like they're not challenging just people saying bad things. It's the right wing is going to be challenged. So yeah. they design what the law would say. And <clears throat> it's telling the truth that can become treasonous if you challenge the state. But for some reason, it doesn't bother them one bit. They have no remorse over their lying and scheming. Matter of fact, all they do is turn around and say, oh, you guys lie and, and, and flip it around and say the other people are lying. But uh, I think the answer is what you alluded to, and that is uh, the authoritarianism that drifts in. When you have large government like this, people tend to depend on this, and the people do get corrupted. And uh, the tragedy that I see is uh, although the people T tolerate it and they go along with it. I, I think if people really had the information out on the table, I just can't believe we have that many people who would all of a sudden spontaneously create this system. No, it's bad people, bad influences, bad philosophy, and then they get in position of authority and, it, in, and it's uh, invited, you know, uh, the worst rises to, to the top, yeah. as Hayek said. They go there to government and some of the worst features come out of uh, the human being once they have this political power. Well, our viewers should beware. We're about to commit a hate crime, Dr. Paul, because uh -oh. if criticizing Fauci is a hate crime, then indeed we're about to commit one because let's go to the next clip. Fauci's back. He was out of the TV for another day, I think, and that gave him a panic attack. So now he's back and he's turning the fear up to 11. Fauci fears that a variant worse than Delta is coming, says COVID-19 cases may double. And okay, Maybe he's right. Maybe there will be further variants. We know that that can be the case with viruses, particularly coronaviruses. But the purpose of this, I think, and, and I'm, I'm sure you'll agree, is to terrify people. And we're seeing it. I see it in the stores now. You see people starting to put the masks on, starting to act weird, starting to get paranoid because it's 24-7 fear porn on the, <coughs> regular, the, the major networks. And that's most what people, most people don't watch the Liberty Report, unfortunately. But he's turning it up. He wants people to be afraid because he is a... Uh, he's addicted to the television and power. I believe there's an ultimate goal from all this from the very beginning. It isn't <clears throat> to stop a pandemic and take care of little kids or anything like that. I don't think it was ever a health matter. Uh, they were using something that they thought they could expand and scare a lot of people. And I think the goal has been a passport, you know, the vaccine passport. Because when you read all these things, it's always the solution is, no matter how crazy it is or how much they admit to, yeah, you're right about that, you're right about that. But the only thing that can solve it is the vaccine support. Yeah. And then what, what is the next set? Putting the pressure on the corporations to enforce the law, whether it's on speaking or whatever. They put the uh, pressure on them to follow through and enforce, uh, you, you know, freedom of speech and the whole works. Who's going to be canceled and, and uh, who's going to be uh, limited to what they can do and, and set up all the rules. But uh, I, I see so much of it. It's usually, you know, kids, kids don't get sick. 
Yeah. But but they still they say well they carry the virus well good maybe it's doing some good but they still have to be vaccinated yeah. it, it, no matter what they do and say uh, even if even if you have uh, been vaccinated you're not having a problem and they test you oh they still carry a virus yeah. we have to vaccinate them they're they're obsessed with this yeah. and uh, of course uh, I, I, I personally don't think that's very good science it's strange you know and we don't take a position on the vaccine that's up for people to decide for themselves and they should but they should do it without coercion which is what we're seeing uh, but it, I think we're not the only people that are starting to feel this is a little weird this obsession with every single human on the planet uh, getting shot with these chemicals, but we, um, you did have something else on kids, a study that you had uh, about long-term immunity uh, of uh, children who, who get the virus, I think. Um, the, um, the, the one thing is, is um, it's, it turned out to be much longer than anybody ever dreamed. I think they've measured it. Why should they even be measuring it? They're not sick, you know, yeah. but anyway, they've, uh, uh, they've either had it or had a shot, and uh, the immunity is lasting much longer, which is is very good news because they're probably disappointed, but they'll figure out a way, yeah. another way. They're waiting for the day that there's a, a difference, and maybe the test will be fudged or something. But they will find an excuse to make sure the kids are vaccinated and that they'll get their second and third shot. There's already this stuff, the second and third shot. They said there's 93 million people that haven't even had one shot yet. Mm -hmm. Boy, that's a Bad. fertile field out there how much how much are they going to make on that kind of a, uh, of a deal but the um, but the the kids are uh, you know victimized by this and uh, which is a real shame yeah. uh, but uh, I, I just see so often it's finding the justification you know for uh, more vaccinations and uh, they will even admit oh well yeah you can you can have a, you can get it again if even if you're vaccinated because the statistics are out there yeah. you take two groups the people that are vaccinated aren't any more protected than the people who are not vaccinated and, data, and yeah. so well yeah you yeah, both of you need shots you know more shots oh there'll be a new vaccine and it may, it'll be better next time around and we have to be on to this because lambda I guess that's the next one <laughs> when it comes it is really going to be bad. Yeah. It, it's a it's a form of uh, medical terrorism. Yeah. I mean, what they're doing. That's a great term for it. And you know, Biden is just blatantly wrong when he says this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated because we know that's not the case. His own CDC, who he's going against when he says that, has said that's not the case. Now, the the, the ratio of vaccinated to unvaccinated to catch it is a different thing, but you simply can't ignore the fact that they do. But you know, Dr. Paul, the next segment is called inadvertent truths. And this is when I think people in power inadvertently say something very interesting. And it doesn't happen very often, but this is a top COVID advisor to President Biden. So we have to listen to him, Professor or Dr. Osterholm. Let's put up this next clip. There are a couple of things that he said recently that caught everyone's attention. And Jeff Tucker tweeted about this today. Here's what he said in an interview today on PBS. This is Professor Dr. Osterholm. He is a top advisor to the Biden administration. Quote, all those plexiglass plates you saw that were put up that supposedly separated you from me with six feet have no real purpose today at all. That's fascinating. And let's do the next one. Here's something else he said, I think, yesterday, a couple of days ago. He said this on CNN. We know today that many of the face cloth coverings that people wear are not very effective in reducing any of the virus movement in or out. 
There, he's on our side. <laughs> well, well, what's his conclusion? His conclusion, take the shot. Take yeah, the shot. All right. And everything is, you have to have, take if you shot. haven't had it, you need it. If you have had it, you'll need it too. So, yeah. back but to that. But it's even worse than that because this is his transcript. If you put up that next clip, this is a transcript from him on PBS. So we're not paraphrasing this as his actual words. If we can put that next clip on because this is fascinating. You talk about the lasting immunity of kids who've had it and gotten over it. Here's what he's talking about in Israel. And I think this is heretical, but true. He said, and in the case, if we look at Israel, what they found is a rather rapid reduction in the prevention to get serious illness after six months. So even there, we're seeing this wane in immunity having an impact on whether you get small Ill serious illness or not, which is the reason you're going to keep hearing more in the days ahead about booster doses. That's why the Israelis are initiating booster doses for those over 60. And I think that will happen here. So here is the president's top COVID advisor saying, basically, after six months, these shots aren't very good. They don't do a lot of good, and the immunity is waning. And I was just looking, because I know there were studies, Dr. Paul, and I pulled one up. Can you look at the next clip, actually? This is from Nature. This is a recent study. This is from June of 2021, if we can put that next clip up. This is a study on long-term perspective on immunity to COVID. And if we can put the, uh, and this is published in the journal Nature, so it's a serious journal. If we can put that next clip up, and this is, it gets a little tricky, Dr. Paul, I'm not going to go into the details, but Turner et al., they're the ones that did the study, and they found uh, that uh, natural immunity produces long-lived memory plasma cells producing antibodies generated in the bone marrow, and they basically say memory plasma cells are a cell type that can be maintained for many years, if not a lifetime. So they are discovering, and you can look at the chart, that you're having with a natural infection long-term immunity, which we would find is a great news, especially for kids who don't get very sick. But why are they not talking about it when they tell everyone they need to get a shot? Well, it destroys the incentive yeah. to sell them something else. You yeah, know. yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, that's the problem. But isn't it amazing they say he admits after six months the shot's not very good. Yeah. I think people would listen to that. That's pretty scary. Yeah, natural immunity is surprising and lasting longer than that. You know, there are even people now talking that a legitimate discussion should be legitimately debated that maybe the people who have actually had a, a, a pretty rough time with, with COVID uh, they might have a lifetime you know, you know, immunity yeah. because there are a lot of people and a lot of diseases. You know, that concept was uh, with me a long time because there's a lot of them. Your, your immunity, oh, I've had that yeah. and uh, we'll pass it on and, you know, this sort of thing. It's not, not a problem that lasts a very long time. Like chicken pox or something like that. Yeah. You get it once, once and you're done. Right. Well, you had something on the, this military thing, which yeah. I also very disagree. Uh, you know, the military is very important. They're very, they're held in very high esteem. Sometimes they praise me for spending five years in the military, which makes me very nervous because I was in during the 1960s, and they wanted, uh, they, they're anxious, they're, they're polite, they want to thank me for my service, but they wanted to thank, uh, they, the, the, the uh, story is you thank military people for preserving our liberties and uh, preserving our constitution, fighting wars that we shouldn't be, uh, shouldn't be fighting. So, uh, 
this this is uh, uh, something we we go around the world. We have an empire, and we go into areas where we're not immune from some of the local diseases. Yeah. So therefore, the military people have to take a lot more shots. But it generally hasn't come up too often, except there was a an a, a awakening with uh, uh, with anthrax. You know, a lot of military people got sick from this, and there was resistance, and there is a building resistance now. But right now. Uh, Biden administration to announce mandatory vaccination all active duty personnel. Wow. Well, I would say that if there is a little more risk to go into certain of these countries, why why don't we just stay out of there? Yeah, that'd be a good idea. You know, maybe, maybe this is this is going to help us on non-intervention. They say, "Oh no, we have to go there. We have an <clears throat> an obligation to protect the troops." Yes, you do. But the best protection uh, during during the presidential campaign, uh, I was able to argue a non-intervention foreign policy, and they say, "Well, you don't like the troops. You don't support the troops. You don't vote for all this money." Yeah. And it turns out the troops like the idea of coming home and not fighting fighting wars like that. And, um, but, it, but, you know, the reason that it really bothers me is the excuse for this is always, you know, when somebody has been injured, killed, or lose limbs, the argument is thank you for uh, your service and make, put them in a hero uh, position. And, and it's difficult to say this because it's so sad for yeah, me yeah. to see them. And they'll say, uh, well, why, why are they there? Yeah. And the excuse is, and how many times have you heard it? They, they are patriots and they are pretending, they are protecting our constitution and protecting our liberties. So they should be heroic. I would say the real hero will be one day when we decide that we need to be a lot less militarily involved around the world. And they do like to do the rhetoric of calling them heroes and everything, but when it comes time to abusing them, like forcing them to take medicine, they're not such yeah, heroes, that's, right? that's the opposite but, yeah. of what they claim they're fighting for. Exactly. That's exactly. such an Honestly. irony. <laughs> but, you know, Massey warned, uh, Thomas Massey from, uh, from Kentucky warned, <clears throat> he's been talking to military people, and they are looking to get out uh, as quick as they can if they try to force a shot on them. Uh, and if you look at the, uh, the demographics, they're generally young and in good health. That's kind of what the military is all about. And they also have an institutional memory of just a few years ago uh, with the anthrax shot, as you mentioned. And the General Accounting Office of U.S. Congress found that 85% of the troops that received an anthrax shot had an adverse reaction. Uh, that's big, and we don't know that that'll be the case with this shot. We have no idea. We have no way of knowing. But we knew, do know that they remember what happened when they were given an experimental shot before, and it didn't work out too well. So understandably, they are hesitant according to what Mr. Massey says. The question is, if you really respect the troops and if you really care about the military, do you really want to force them to do something that they don't want to do to their own bodies? They don't want us to remember the principle. And the principle is that uh, you should be in charge of your body and what is being uh, put into your body. But you shouldn't automatically lose rights when you go into the military. I mean, uh, they, they still should be able to take care of themselves and make, make some decisions. But anyway, um, there's so many other things. Uh, I hardly think it's uh, appropriate to be fighting all these wars because uh, you know it's for our national security and for our constitution. Well, when's the last time we went into a constitutional war? You know, when was the last time it was declared? 1941. The rest of the time, 
it's an announcement by one person, yeah. the executive. It's supposed to be, you know, the, the, uh, the president of the United States is supposed to have this authority. He doesn't have this authority. That's why we have a Congress. And uh, yet, look at the tragedy that goes on. And, uh, and then are, are they going to preserve our liberties? We talked just today already how many liberties are being destroyed here at home. And it makes me pretty ill when I hear the uh, Speaker of the House uh, preaching the gospel of how great she is and protecting the Constitution here at home. <laughs> the enemy is here at home, and they're all the Republicans. That's our duty, and uh, you know, to defend ourselves against uh, the, the Republicans, as if uh, the Republicans have a monopoly <laughs> on messing up the Constitution in Washington, D.C. Okay. I think that's a bipartisan problem. Yeah, they're good at it, too. <laughs> well, I'm going to close with a follow-up to our something we said yesterday. But before I do that, I just want to remind the viewers, subscribe to this uh, channel for sure, please. But go to ronpaulinstitute.org, right smack in the middle of the page toward the top is subscribe. Subscribe to updates directly from the Ron Paul Institute. You don't get a bunch of them. We just send you something when it's, when it's important. We don't sell or give your name away, but we have to find a way to get in touch because as we know, the cancel culture is there. And speaking of that, Dr. Paul, I was just looking yesterday, uh, look, us up, look us up on Rumble, Rumble video, and subscribe to us there. I think we've got about 70,000 subscribers on Rumble. So wow. that's, that's going pretty well, and we're happy about that. So there need to be free speech alternatives. But as a follow-up to what we did yesterday, because we showed Biden, and he was singling out our Governor Abbott and DeSantis from Florida. And he said he wanted, he wanted vaccine passports. He said, if you're not going to lead, get out of the way. Well, DeSantis had a good retort to that. If we can cue up that video, it's a little long, it's 30 seconds, but I think it's worth watching that whole video if we can put that video up and watch it. This is great. Yeah, if you can put this clip. I don't know if we have that clip over there. There we go, let's listen to DeSantis. If you're trying to deny kids a proper in-person education, I'm going to stand in your way and I'm going to stand up for the kids in Florida. If you're trying to restrict people, impose mandates, if you're trying to ruin their jobs and their livelihoods and their small business, if you are trying to lock people down, I am standing in your way and I'm standing for the people of Florida. So why don't you do your job? Why don't you get this border secure? And until you do that, I don't want to hear a blip about COVID from you. Thank you. Yeah, I am going to stand in your way. That was, that was great. <laughs> Very good. He should be in our corner when we have to defend ourselves. <laughs> and, and I say that <clears throat> in all, uh, all sincerity because I think that's what we're trying to do yeah. is defend our liberties in the manner that was prescribed for us. You know, I want to just uh, close with, uh, once again, emphasizing how I see this obsession with uh, passports. It was early on in this pandemic, is, and I consider a lot of that a hoax, and their goal is to control people, to control and, and maintain power. And that, to me, is the uh, activity of a tyrant. They need control of the people. The most dangerous person uh, that you can think of to the tyrants and the tyranny are the people who think for themselves. And that's why I'm so pleased that we have so many people willing to join our program and our views in promoting that very interest of, uh, of, of try, trying to do our very best to find out what, what the tr truth is and to uh, spread the truth as an answer. But. Uh, you know, it, I believe they're they have an obsession. I don't look at what 
what we have is an obsession with anything, but I would say we have an intense interest in the, uh, in the philosophy of liberty with an understanding that there's good results from uh, people who support liberty and the more the merrier. And if the dominant thesis for a society is let's promote liberty and give up on on passports and obsessions with tyrants, uh, I think the world is going to be better off. Uh, the livelihood is going to be better off. There will be more peace and prosperity. So how can we go wrong in promoting uh, promoting the principles of liberty? The founders intended that. They came up short, and the people right now are weak in their beliefs. But I believe, uh, who knows, this pandemic so-called might be just a, a real uh, benefit to us a long time it has awakened a, long, a lot of people to see the difference, tyrants and freedom. And uh, of course, everybody knows where we stand. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.